Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this Father's Day, Lord. And we pray, Father, that you give wisdom, the heart of a father to all the fathers in this church and the churches all over the world, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you will teach us. You are the good father. You want to teach and train your children, Lord. You love us so much and you want us to be successful, blessed, highly favored, and fruitful in this life. Lord, you are a family man. You say, Lord, when we obey you and love you, you shall bless us and shall bless our children and grandchildren to the thousand generations, Lord. Therefore, Father, we believe, Lord, that we're going to pass the blessing of God to the next generations to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm the type of pastor and teacher who don't like to follow tradition that much. I'm led by the Holy Spirit. So you may think that I want to talk about Father Day's message. No, I'm not. I'm going to continue to talk about divide protection. I would like to continue from last Sunday. Last Sunday, we learned that God is able and he is willing to protect us from all harms, from all the bad things in this world. The world is full of calamity, bad people, evil people, and accidents, diseases, and cancer, sickness, and bacteria. We need God's protection. And God will do his part when we do our part. Our part is that we do well, not visit. We do well in the secret place of the Most High, which means we obey him. We walk with him. We know his commandments and obey him. And we confess with our mouth that he is my protector. He's my fortress and he's my refuge. Not only that, we should not walk in fear. At the same time, we believe that God has the protective power over our life, the canopy, the shadow, the feather, the wings on our life that will protect us from harms, from bad things. And not only that, he also sent his angels to help us, angelic protection. And also he used another way, warnings. He make us no, he make us aware of the upcoming or impending dangers and destruction by telling us what's going to happen. What we need to do is that we should not be prideful, ignorant, rebellious, and disobedient to the voice of God, to the warning of the Lord. Just memorizing Psalm 91 or have a card with the writing of Psalm 91 is not enough. We need to do our part. God protects me so many times by warnings. One time I was driving to the church here at 9.30 a.m. At that time the service started at 10 a.m. And I heard the voice in my spirit while I was driving on the road in the back there. And the Lord told me, stop your car on the side right now. 
And I was thinking, in my flesh, in my reasoning, no, why? No car around here. This is a private street, no car. But I did not rebel against God. I pulled my car out right away. And from the curve from, that come toward me, a teenager was passing another car on my lane and coming toward my lane. Wow. If I did not listen to God, I would have faced a head-on collision and I would not be here that Sunday. I might have been in the hospital with whatever injury that happened from the head-on collision. Another time, God warned me that the emergency room doctor at Overlake Hospital called me and said, I have a patient here who became polarized. And could you come and fix her? She has bleeding in her spine. When I listened, I was thinking, wow, this is going to be a great thing to do to help somebody. But suddenly I heard the voice in my spirit, don't get involved. Send her to university hospital. When I heard that, my reasoning say, why? But God said, no, send this lady away. So I did. Two years later, I got a letter from a lawyer that this lady sued everybody at Overlake Hospital. I don't want to tell you the detail why she make a lawsuit against all these doctors. And if I got involved, I'm going to have to go to court and I may lose money. My malpractice insurance will go up. But thank God, he protected me from this lawsuit. He protected me from the car accident by warning me. How should we respond to the warning? We should really respond. We should not make things too complicated. We should not try to have a spiritual pride to say that no matter what, I'm going to keep going and the Lord is going to protect me. He's going to send angels to help me anyway. My brother and sister, if you don't obey the warning of the Lord, even though it sounds unreasonable, it sounds weird in your mind, you will get out from God's protection. Do you know how God protected Jesus while he was a young boy? He told Joseph and Mary, don't stay here, go to Egypt. You know why? Because Herod was going to kill Jesus. And he told the wise men, don't go back to Herod. Get out of here. Go back home right away. He told the wise men, Joseph and Mary, the plan of Herod. And Jesus was saved. So you can see, God used simple warning. The warning can come in your spirit here. It may come in the dream or may come in the vision or it may come from somebody else around you to tell you what to do. Or it may come with your just simple brain, your mind. You see something and you just take action right away to avoid that danger. But the devil will try every way to kill you by challenging or tempting your spiritual pride by saying, oh, stay here. A truck is hitting you, but God is going to send an angel to stop the truck anyway. You have faith, it's right? You're a spiritual man. So don't run away. Just stay here. Let the truck hit you and see what happens. So the devil will do everything to tempt you to show your spiritual pride. Spiritual pride is very bad. 
And not only that, he will try to use you to tempt God or to test God. My brother and sister, we don't need to show off that we have faith. We don't need to show off that God is going to protect us. Run away from the problem ASAP. Amen? This is how occults work. The occults or the false teaching will offer power to you. And when you follow them, they will have demonic power to help you to show that I'm so powerful. And then you follow the teachings and destruction. We have to be careful. Don't walk in spiritual pride. Be humble. Be like little children to God. Listen to God. What God says, just obey. And don't try to argue with God. If you study about the life of Jesus carefully, you will find out that Jesus performed many outstanding miracles, supernatural power. He did so many outstanding things by the power of the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, Jesus was walking in a normal life. He slept. He rode a donkey. He did not fly from one city to another city. He ate. He rested. He was on the boat. He did so many simple things like you and me. But when the Holy Spirit led him to perform miracles, he did. But he did not try to make Christianity or the kingdom of God too complicated or too spectacular. Simple things. Look at Matthew 12, 14 to 15, the Bible says, Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against Jesus, how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he called the angel and the fire from heaven to come and burn the Pharisees. Is that right? No. He withdrew from there. Simple, run away from dangers and destruction. Look at the apostle in Acts chapter 14, 5 to 7. Then a mob of Gentiles and Jews, along with their leaders, decided to attack and stone them. When the apostles learned of it, they fasted and prayed and prayed in tongues for three hours and waited for God to perform a miracle. Did they do that? No. They fled to the region of Lycaonia. Simple, run away. Avoid the problem. Listen to the warning of God. When God makes you aware of upcoming dangers, what should you do? Stay away. Hurry up and run out of that place as soon as possible. Don't try to over-spectacularize the kingdom of God. Simple. Be simple. Get out of here. You remember that the devil tempted Jesus by putting him on the top of the temple. And the devil tried to ask Jesus to show the spiritual pride and test God by jumping out of the building. But Jesus did not. Jesus did not try to show that he had a strong faith. He just walked down. He did not have a grand arrival on the ground by flying out in the air. He just walked down from the top of the temple. In the same way, we should not try to be prideful, to prove to people that I'm so spiritual, I'm so powerful, I have strong faith that God is going to send the angel to pick me up. No, don't do those things. Once we are recognizing the danger, what we should do, we should obey God 
and stay away from those dangers. For example, you may be hiking, and your friend tell you that there's a big snake in that bush. I saw that snake. I don't think you need to pray. I don't think you need to fast and pray and speaking in tongues for three hours before you make decision that you're going to walk to the bush. If you know there's a big snake in the bush, what you should do? Walk the other way. Stay away from that bush and from that big snake. You will walk to the bush only, only if God really spoke to you. You go to the bush and they're going to do something for you. If you don't hear anything, don't even have to ask God. Don't have to even speak in tongues and pray. You just go another direction. When you are aware that something is coming against you, you know it. Why did God give us brain? Why did God give us understanding? Because he wants to protect us. We stand on the road and our brain and our eyes saw a truck coming. What should we do? Pray. Speaking in tongues, fast and pray another five minutes until the truck hit you. No, he give us brain to see the truck, the eyes to see the truck. So get out of there, that corner, ASAP. In fact, uh, I heard the testimony of a sister in the afternoon service. I forgot to share this with the morning service. She learn about divine protection and she was sitting as a passenger her son about 40 years old was driving the car and suddenly the Lord spoke to her slow down right now she turned to her son and said slow down and her son why mommy I'm driving at the right speed right now it's 45 I'm driving 45 it's slow down the car in the back gonna hit me or get mad at me and hung on me and she said slow down God told me he slowed down. So when he slowed down, a truck passed by in front, passed that area. She knew right away if she, he's still going the same speed, that truck going to hit T-bone fashion and they got into trouble. But God protected them by warning. And thank God the son obeyed the mommy <laughs> to slow down. So we need to really listen to God and be guided by the warning of the Lord. Do you know Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul was a man of faith. He faced the fire of God on the road to Damascus. He was caught up in the third heaven. Not only that, he saw Jesus in a trance. But when people tried to kill him, what did he do? He ran away. When you know that the city you're going to fly there will have a hurricane hitting the city, what you should do? Fast and pray. Speaking in tongues, say, I'm going to go to that city with a hurricane coming. What should you do? You should cancel the ticket and you should not go there. Because if you go there, you have a spiritual pride to prove that you are a man of faith and you can have God's protection over you in the hurricane. Don't go there. Don't get involved in any impending danger. Stay away from danger. God warns you so that you will not get into that situation. When Jesus was aware of the impending danger, he did not make things too complicated. The Bible says he left the city. He ran away from the bad people. Maybe one day you heard that that road around your neighborhood was very icy and many cars 
slip and hit each other. What should you do? Should you pray that I should drive on that road? Should you really fast and pray and prove to your friend that I'm a man of faith? I'm going to go to that icy road and I'm going to drive there at 50 miles per hour. Should you do that? No, stay home. Call your friend whom you have appointment with. I'm sorry, I have to miss this appointment. Could you please forgive me? Let's set up another appointment two days from now or five days from now. I'm not going to drive on this icy road. God let you know that the road was icy to protect you and you should not get there. But you may say to me, Pastor, I have a big plan. I need to follow this plan. My question to you is, are you led by the plans or are you led by the Holy Spirit? You may say that I spent so much money to book that hotel. It's non-refundable. And my airplane ticket is quite expensive and I bought the special one that's non-refundable. If I give up this trip, there will be a bad things happen in that city. I will lose my money, airplane ticket, and the cost for the hotel. My question to you, are you led by airplane ticket or you're led by the Holy Spirit? You may say, but my wife will get mad at me. My wife really wants to go to Miami, even though a hurricane is going to hit Miami. Are you led by your wife or you're led by the Holy Spirit? But you argue with me, happy wife, happy life. But both happy wife and happy husband may die in the <laughs> storm. So make your wife unhappy for a while to keep both of you survive. You must be flexible. You should not lock into anything in your life. You're flexible and you'll be led by the Holy Spirit so that you will not die too soon. You will not get into big trouble. Amen. It's so important. Don't be motivated by anything else. At one time, I was told by a very good Christian friend, Pastor, you should invest your money in this company. And the church money should invest with him. You're going to get 30% interest with this company. This is a true story. I'm not lying. So this man tried to convince me to invest my money and the church money with the 30% income. I pray. God say, no, 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 no. And not only that, call your friend to come have dinner and tell him to cancel this and get money out from this company. I did. I called my friend and we sat down in the dinner time and I say, the Lord told me that I should not get involved and the Lord told me that you should pull the money out. Two weeks later, the man who owned this company was in jail by the FBI. He cheated millions of dollars for many churches in America. There are bad people out there. Therefore, we need to listen to the warning of the Lord. Acts 22, 17 to 18. Now it happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I was in a trance and saw him saying to me, make haste, who told Paul to make haste? Jesus. Get out of Jerusalem quickly, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. And you see how Paul argued with Jesus. Paul said in verse 19 and 20, So I said, Lord, they know that in every synagogue I imprison and beat those who believe on you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by consenting to his death. 
guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Paul tried to say that, I don't think they're going to hurt me. I used to kill Christians. I used to persecute the church. No one's going to bother me. Look at how Jesus answered. Then he said to me, uh, pray about it. Fast, pray in tongue, think about it. What did Jesus say? Depart, for I will send you far from here to the Gentiles. God tried to warn Paul. He would be killed if he stayed there. Get out of here as soon as possible. Leave this city right away. Don't stay around. God told Paul to get out of the city. Is this warning? This is the warning of the Lord. And this man, Paul, he was a bedrock part of the Christianity of the churches today. He was a man of God and he was saved by the warnings of the Lord. No angel appeared, nothing. The simple word of warnings and he obeyed the warnings. Therefore, don't be foolish. Don't be prideful to do your own things. Come to God like little children. He said, turn right, turn right. Don't argue. Don't try to use your big brain here to argue with God. He said, turn left, turn left. Listen to the Holy Spirit. You don't need to prove yourself that you are a man of faith. You don't need to prove that God is going to protect you. You don't need to try to make things too complicated. You don't try to spectacularize anything. Just be simple. Obey the Lord. Amen? And you're going to be protected. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 21, verse 31, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. Let me read from New Century Version. You can get the horses ready for battle, but it is the Lord who gives the victory. What God say here? Can a nation say this way? Can the government of a nation say, you know, God going to protect our nation. Therefore, we don't need to spend money to build an army, the navy, and the air forces. We don't need that. God going to protect us. We don't need any army at all. We don't need any police in the city. God going to protect our home. It should be that way? No. God say, get your horses ready. What does it mean? It means you need to build up very strong military. You need to really have good police department. You need to do your part to get ready for anything that happened to you. I, on my part, for the spiritual part, I get ready by going to church every Sunday. I read the Bible. I listen to good sermon. I feel with the Holy Spirit. I build my understanding of the Word of God. I try to be ready for the upcoming problem. After we get ready, what we do next? We trust the Lord for his protection. We do our part. Everyone say, I do my part. Everyone say, I get ready. We need to get ready. We get ready to do our part. But the rest, we leave it to God. God is going to be the one who keeps us safe. We get all our stuff ready. We do the best we can, what we know to do. 
everything do the best to get ready to be prepared for any upcoming situation but at the same time we trust in the Lord to be our protector the Bible says in the book of Psalm 20 verse 7 some trust in chariots and some in horses but we trust in the name of the Lord our God if we get ready but whom do we trust the Lord again everyone say I get ready The Lord will protect me. I count on the Lord. Let's look at this Second Chronicle chapter 20, verse 17. You will not need to fight in the battle. Position yourself means get ready. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem and New Hope International Church. Do not fear and be dismayed. And you stop here. Three-fourth of the verse and say, oh, God say, I don't need to fight. So I can quit my job. I don't need to work. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to pray. I don't need to read the Bible. I don't need to lock the door of my house. I don't need to put the alarm system in my house. I don't need to do anything. God going to do for me. Thank God. I have no responsibility here in my all safetyness but you don't read the last sentence the last sentence say tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you even though the Lord promises to protect us to give us victory the Lord told the children of Israel you go out you have to do your part you do the best to prepare yourself you get your gun loaded You get your tanks, your airplane, the air force plane. You fill up your gasoline. You get everything ready, and you do your part. And I will be the one who give you victory. Everyone say again. I do my part. I do my best. I get ready, but I depend on the Lord. And when we have victory, who gets the glory? God gets all glory. Do you notice in the Bible, you study carefully, when God want to feed the children of Israel in the wilderness in a supernatural way, God sent manna from the sky, drop on the ground. God did not send manna into their mouth, and they just opened their mouth and drop into their mouth. They have to pick it up. They have to do their part, and God has to do His part. If you notice, Noah. God saved Noah and his family in a very supernatural way. The flood came, the whole world died. But Noah was saved with the animals and his children and uh, the daughter-in-law and his wife. But did Noah do his part? Yes, Noah built the ark. Noah did his part, and God did his part. Paul walked by faith. He served the Lord faithfully and diligently. But he said that I work hard than any other people to provide for myself. That's what I have done in the past 33 years. I serve in this church, but I work hard as a neurosurgeon. I never get salary from this church. I work hard. Second Thessalonians chapter three, seven to nine. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We were not lazy. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. 
We work hard day and night so we would not be a burden to any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Paul worked hard. Paul preached the gospel, but he worked hard in his own job to feed himself. He did his part, and God eventually provided for him. If we have enough faith, we will not have to prove to God. A lot of people think this way. You don't have enough faith. Pastor, you should quit your job. God is going to feed you anyway. You don't need to do anything. Just sit on the couch. The food is going to drop on your table. Is that the way? No. You don't need to prove to other people that God is going to feed you. You need to do your part in every aspect of your life. Work hard. Go to school. Go to church. Read the Bible. Pray. You do your part. And God will do the rest. James chapter 2 verse 18 say, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. My dear brothers and sisters, we should say the same thing like James. I show you my faith by getting ready, loading my gun, locking the door of my house, building the ark or the boat, Working hard, pick up the mana from the ground. I do my part. I walk by faith and you see my faith by seeing my work. When David went out to fight Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 49, David put his hand. David did not stand there and say, my God going to protect me. My God going to kill you and just stand there, close his eye and pray in tongues. No. What did David do? David put his hand into his bag, took out a stone and slung it and it struck the Philistine, sinking into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Did David do something? But who guided that stone into the forehead of the giant? Who did? God. He did his part. He slung the stone. But God did his part as well. Many Christians misunderstand that. When we do our part of going to school, studying hard, going to church, reading the Bible, and walk away from the bush that has a big snake in there, they say to you, you are so carnal. You're not very spiritual. You should pray in tongues and you should fast and pray before walking away. You should walk through that bush with the snake there. To prove that you have so much faith and the snake cannot bite you. You need to be spiritual. Walking through that bush and show to the world that the snake cannot destroy you. I tell you, it's spiritual to do that. But it's a spiritual pride. Spiritual pride rest destroy people. Spiritual pride will lead people to be killed because they try to prove that they're so great, so much power, so much faith. Don't walk in spiritual pride. Walk with God like a little children. Smile and happy. When God says turn right, turn right. Don't argue. When God said stop, we stop. We don't need to argue with God and do anything else. 
when you know that a danger is happening in a town, hurry up and get out of there. When I traveled to Pasada and came home, I always stop at the gas station and fill up the tank of her car. I fill up the tank. You know why? I want to get ready, just in case something happen, earthquake happen. We have to run out of the city. I have the full tank to drive to another place. I don't want to keep my gas tank empty. And something bad happen, we cannot use the car. Always prepare. Always get ready. Pastor does mine. She now understand my heart that I want to protect her. Amen. God protect us by making us aware of the upcoming danger and giving us some time to respond wisely, humbly, and spiritually, not spiritual pride. Matthew 23:43. I want to show you many examples in the Bible. But notice that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have just slept and done nothing about it. No, he would have watched and not allow his house to be broken in. So, this Bible tried to say, tell us, when God warned you that tonight at 2 a.m. a thief will come to the door of your house and break in, what should we do? Sleep? Pray in tongues? Fast and pray at night? No. We should call the police. We should lock the door. We stay awake with a gun in our hand, loaded full. I don't have a gun at my house though. <laughs> I'm scared to have a gun myself. I don't like to have a gun. You load your gun. I know somebody here has a gun. Maybe a few guns. Load your gun. Sit there. Turn on the light. And if the thief comes, they see the light on you. You sit there with a the gun, they will run away. Is that right? You don't just ignore that warning. You need to do your part. We need the military. We need the police department. We need the doctor to give you advice what to eat and not what to eat. You need wisdom. You need to use your brain too. Don't just go by spiritual. No, use your brain. <laughs> like I will not stand before my patient's head to perform craniotomy or open the skull without a mask on. That is dumb. I need to put my mask on. I need to do my part. I need to wash my hand. Luke 22, 35. I'll show you another example. And he said to them, when I send you without money back, knapsack and sandals, did you lack anything? So they said, nothing. This scripture, verse 35, talking about God showed them that when they serve God, they honor God, God will provide for them. They don't need to worry about anything. God will take care of them. But look at verse 36. Come to the understanding of our God's protection here. Then he said to them, But now he who has a money bag, let him take it, and likewise a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. The sword is like a gun today, handgun today. You have a personal weapon to protect yourself. And the disciple answered in verse 38. So they said, look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, throw it away. Throw them away. Don't carry them. 
left them in the house. What did he say? It's enough. You should have the sword with you. Go with the sword. Jesus did not say, you know, I'm a son of the living God. I have the Holy Spirit. I'm so powerful. Because I'm God, I don't like killing. I don't like my disciple to carry the gun around. I carry a sword around. Please put it away. Did he say that? No. He said, you get the sword ready. Get ready. Have the sword in your hand. You do your part in protection. Is that right? You need to get your horses ready. In fact, if you study the Bible carefully, Jesus never intended for them to fight for him, to kill anybody, or to really stab anybody at all. But he wanted to give to them the opportunity to show love to him, to show that they are loyal to him and faithful to him. Look at next verse, 34. Jesus said to him, Actually, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. He was talking to Peter. Look at verse 35. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. You know what happened after this? So Jesus wanted to see their heart, to see whether they love God, seek the kingdom of God first, and love Jesus or not. But later on, the servant of the Pharisees and the scribes, the priest servant, came and arrested Jesus. Peter pulled his knife out because he has a sword. You remember? They have two swords. He pulled the sword out, cut the ear of the servant of the priest, and Jesus stopped and said, Put that sword away. You know why he's... He actually, at that time, Peter, when he promised that I would die for you, I would defend you, he was speaking from the deep core of his heart. He really loved Jesus. He's going to protect Jesus. He was not joking. He was real. Therefore, he pulled a knife out and cut the ear of that man. And Jesus said, stop. If you use the sword, you would be killed by the sword. So stop this. Jesus tried to say that. I am so thankful. I really honor you. You love me so much. You're willing to risk your life by fighting with this servant of the priest by using the sword. But stop. Because I have something to do. I'm going to go to the cross. I will die for mankind. Stop this. I will go to the cross no matter what. The cup that my father has for me, I will take it. That is to be killed on the cross. Look at John chapter 18, 35 to 36. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants, mean his disciples and all the followers, would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Jesus tried to say that. I let you tie me, arrest me, and kill me. But if I don't want to go to the cross, I tell you right now, 
my servant who has sword gonna fight for me. God gonna send the army of angels to fight for me, and you all gonna die. Can you imagine the angels show up? What gonna happen to them? Just one angel, like this. Thousands of people will die in hundreds of miles because they're so powerful. But Jesus said, "I'm not gonna call the angels. I'm not gonna call my servant to fight. I'm willing to go to die for sinners." My dear brothers and sister, you can see all the scripture that I read about picking up manna, about the building the boat, about preparing your horse to get ready for the war, about all the story that Jesus tell the disciple to have the sword with them to be ready to fight. But God still want us to do our part. When the Israelite enter into the promised land, do you notice something? Mina stopped, and they have to plant their own vineyard. They have to do their part. In the same way, when we want to receive God's protection, we need to listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the warnings of the Lord. And while we are following the warnings of the Lord, we get ready. We don't make things too complicated. God say, "Get out, get out." God say, "Don't go there, don't go." If you see some um, upcoming problem there, avoid it. Use your brain. You go through it only when God spoke to you, really clearly. Get there. I will protect you. But if God say nothing, get out of there. Don't walk through the bush. Don't go into the truck line. Let the truck hit you. Stay away from upcoming dangers, and you're gonna live a long life. Why you doing that? Why you are following the Lord? What you should do? In Psalm 127, verse one, the Bible say, "I'm gonna end here. Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Except the Lord keeps the city." The watchman wakes, but in vain. So, my brother and sister, we do everything we can, and as a human, to get ready for anything. We lock the door of our house. We put the alarm system in there. We go to church, study the word. We pray. We read the Bible. We pray in tongue at home. We do the best we can to follow God. We are led by the Spirit. We prepare everything, get ready for anything. But our preparation will be in vain without the Lord. We need His help. Amen. We are limited. We still need God to protect us. But God, at the same time, say we need to get ready. We need to do our part in a simple way. Don't make things too complicated. Don't walk in spiritual pride. Don't be ignorant, rebellion, rebellious, and ignorant of what God says. Just be humble, coming to God in a very humble way, and let God lead you. And you shall live a long life, and you shall serve the Lord and finish your race. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many people are gonna put this teaching into practice? You learn something today. 
Everyone say no spiritual pride, no ignorance. I will follow the Lord. I will do my best, my part, to get ready for anything in my life. Thank you, Lord, for your warnings in Jesus' name. He is a good God. He loves us so much. Why don't you follow my prayer right now? Father in heaven, you love me so much. You show your love to me by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for me. You forgive me, Lord, of my sin. And I am your child, Lord. You are my good father. You protect me. Help me, Lord, to get ready for anything in my life. I will do my part. I will not be stubborn. But Lord, thank you for making me aware of upcoming danger. For warning me. I will listen to you, Lord. I'm led by your spirit, Lord. I depend on your protection. I count on you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.